up, everyone, and welcome to the premiere episode of the Flying Skate Podcast. I've been hemming and hawing about starting a podcast for ages now, and I figured today was the time to do it. So, welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm going to be talking for probably about the next half hour, just to kind of give an overview of what this whole podcast will be about and what we're going to be featuring here on a weekly or monthly basis. I haven't really decided when it's going to come out and what the frequency is yet, but let's get right into this. So, uh, my name's Ben Bugera. I'm a local Canucks fan here based out of Vancouver, and I'm here to talk about some hockey with you. Maybe every once in a while throw in some bits about other sports. But basically just here to break down the Canucks and analyze how they're doing and how they're playing. I'll probably eventually bring in a few guests, uh, other people in the sports world in Vancouver, hopefully eventually. And some friends of mine who are passionate about the game as well. So... Let's start by talking about where we sit right now. It's December 15th, and so far we haven't heard anything from the National Hockey League about start time of the season. We've heard some rumors. January 13th is currently the date that sits out there as a potential start date for the 2020-2021 NHL season. 56 games has been thrown out there as a number of games that will be played in this supposedly in-division season. So, as fans, we're still sitting here and waiting. We're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for an announcement of some kind. But that hasn't happened yet. We've heard the reports, you know, Pierre Lebrun saying that The 13th is the most likely date, and they're still working out some kinks. But as fans of the game, it's kind of hard for us to sit around and wait. The waiting game is hard, especially what we've all gone through this year during the pandemic. It's tough. It's tough to sit here and wait. Yet again, for another thing in our lives. You know, we have some positive news coming up that the NBA is starting, but... For us hockey fans, especially here on the West Coast, you know, that's something. It's sports. We get the NFL on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. But other than that, there really hasn't been much for the last little while. And I think it was such a bright spot, especially for me, a bright spot this summer to see the return to play and the action that was put on the ice in the playoff format. It was unique. It was really unique, and it was something that was enjoyable for fans, and especially myself, watching and seeing the Canucks especially go as far as they did. They got far, and it was exciting. You can see that this team is going to be something special going forward. They made it to Game 7 of the second round, which is something that they haven't done, I mean, getting past the first round since 2011. And that's when they went all the way. All the way to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. Game 7 of the second round. For me, that's pretty good. For this young team, a group that's still trying to gel and find their way in the league, this is something that's exciting. It's it's fun to watch and see them develop on the ice. And you saw huge strides from 
guys like Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, who was a point-per-game player in the playoffs. And, you know, Bo Horvat was such an impactful player, scoring some big, timely goals for the Canucks. And Thatcher Demko, who put it all on the ice, put it all on display for those three games. And in my opinion, I think he was a guy that made the decision to not throw all you had at Jacob Markstrom easier for Jim Benning. Because if you have a guy that, I know it's a small sample size, three games, it's not much, but what Demko showed is that he could play in those key situations. This is playoff hockey. Game seven, game six, all those things were elimination situations for Vegas. But Demko came and he showed up every game and was phenomenal. I think I saw the other day that he now leads all Canucks goalies in goals against average and save percentage in playoff games, which is incredible for a guy that's still young. He only turned, what, 25 the other day? So he's young. He's got many, many years to go. So it'll be interesting to see what the split between him and Braden Holpe is this year. And Braden Holpe is a guy that... Yeah, I think it's been talked about that he has a lot more mileage than Thatcher Demko, or or than Jacob Markstrom, sorry. But he's a guy that's had a lot of success. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's won a Vezina Trophy. So it's not like you're getting a guy that's unproven in the playoffs, has maybe had a couple good seasons under his belt. This is a guy who, for four or five seasons there, was consistently one of the best goalies in the NHL. And under a guy like Ian Clark, who's shown that he can get results out of goalies, namely Jacob Markstrom, Thatcher Demko, I think that Braden Holpe is in the position to increase his game and get back to that level that he was a few years ago when he was winning Vezina trophies. Now we're in this kind of lull now with there being so much uncertainty as to when the season is going to start. Numbers have been thrown out all the time. But we're still anticipating that announcement. And a lot of people are saying that if that announcement doesn't come by the end of the week, that we're in for some trouble potentially because of the quarantine rules. Players have to come back to the city pretty soon in order to quarantine for 14 days, ones that are overseas. Uh, It's been reported that a lot of Canucks players are still elsewhere right now. I think Elias Pettersson, Thatcher Demko, and a few others have stuck around in Vancouver throughout the offseason, training here with coaches and skating with each other on the ice. But that's an important thing to consider is that 14-day quarantine period. So you're looking at starting training camp by New Year's or a couple days after. Players need to start making their way back soon. Like now, if they're going to have any hope of starting the season in a timely manner. This this is something that a, lo- a lot of players on other teams have started to come back. Some are kind of thinking about it, but without an official announcement, 
and without any solid timeline, it's hard for players to judge this. I mean, they're trying to deal with this all it can, all they can, but it's a tough time to ask people to pick up their lives and come back to their cities to play hockey. Because especially with Christmas and all the holiday season here, they want to be with their family. I mean, consider Bo Horvat, who he has a new baby, he has a wife, and I, I think over the summer we heard, or over the off season rather, we heard that he was in a bubble with some of his family with the new baby, and is enjoying life as a new parent back in London, Ontario. So to pick that up and come back to Vancouver right around this time at his baby's first Christmas, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. And it will be for a lot of players, not just Bo Horvat. That's just one circumstance out of many different circumstances for players in the league. I mean, you saw in the return to play, Tuka Rask made the decision not to play in the playoffs for the Boston Bruins because of family reasons. And I think that's something that's going to be a huge consideration for a lot of players. I mean, Sven Berici, I don't think he would have made the Canucks anyway out of the mini training camp they had before the return to play against Minnesota. But he opted not to play for family reasons. So this is a huge consideration for players right now. Is it more important for me to come back and play the game I love? Or is it more important for me to stay where I am and spend valuable time with the family that I love. I know it's a, it's a little bit of a deep moment there <laughs> to talk about, but it's it's a big reality for a lot of these guys. It's a tough time and understanding that the rules around travel and the rules around the game are going to be very very strict when coming back to your home city where your team plays you know there's there's going to be rules as to who you can socialize with I mean you'd assume that a lot of players that have families will live at home with their families throughout the season but it's going to be difficult with the travel back and forth I mean it, it makes it a little bit easier with the border being closed and the situation that's coming to light with the Canadian division which to be honest, I'm very excited for. It's as a one-off for one season, it's going to be an amazing experience to watch all the Canadian teams battle it out and play each other more often than they've played each other in the past. I mean, you look back to a lot of those people who not not including myself who were around in 1994 Watch the Canucks beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games to make it to the Stanley Cup final. They played those guys more often back then. But now, in today's NHL and the way the divisions are aligned, you only see teams like Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa twice a year. And you don't really get a good sense of each other. You, you don't get those rivalries as much. So it's going to be really, really interesting to watch Elias Pettersson and Austin Matthews go at it with each other and that that's a battle I think I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Vancouver Canucks two teams that you know there's the playoff aspect of it from the 90s 
that there there had been a rivalry to that in the past and there's all there's been line brawls and big fights in games in recent history i mean there was one a couple years where ryan miller got involved in a bit of a goalie fight there but it's going to be really really intriguing to watch these star players i mean you've got mitch marner austin matthews john tavares william nylander morgan riley on the toronto maple leafs playing against the top guys on the Canucks, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. It's going to be something different, and it's going to be incredible to watch. I mean, these are guys that don't see each other more than twice a year, so you can't really gauge, you know, Elias Pettersson is better than Austin Matthews, or Austin Matthews is better than Elias Pettersson. It's something that there's been conversations as to which player is at a higher level than the other. But I I think that question is going to be really at the forefront this year because they're going to play each other six or seven times in a season. And that's going to be for the first time ever in the modern NHL in the 21st century. So those battles between... Canadian teams are are really going to be at the forefront and you haven't seen that in the past I mean everyone's saying that and I agree that the Ottawa Senators are kind of number seven out of the seven Canadian teams looking at their team right now they're developing in a couple years yeah they could be a team that challenges for a playoff spot but as they sit right now they're a team that myself and other people in the sports world would peg at the bottom of that division. Now, they made some good additions. You know, you've got Evgeny Dadanov, who they got from Florida. He's a guy that's quite capable of getting 60, 70 points a year. And they got Matt Murray, who has two Stanley Cups under his belt. Now, I do think that Matt Murray can be overrated at certain times, but he's a good goalie. He's a damn good goalie. He's a guy that can win games for this team and this is the Ottawa Senators are a team that hasn't had decent goaltending for a while I mean when Craig Anderson a couple years ago Craig Anderson was a guy that could steal games for you he was the guy that backstopped them to the playoffs and you know there was the whole aspect with Andrew Hammond and that as well but Craig Anderson a couple years back was the guy for the Ottawa Senators and he could win games for that team but Anderson's going to be 40 years old in the spring. And he was no longer an option for the Ottawa Senators. And I think everyone in the league would agree. He's had injury issues. Uh, he's had some really terrible family things, you know, with his wife being sick with cancer for a while there, where he had to be absent for the team back down in Florida. And the Senators have been struggling trying to find people to fill those minutes. And play those games that Anderson would have. Like they had Mike Condon for a while. He panned out for a little bit. But as it seems with every goalie in Ottawa, they, they start out okay. But then they there's a stark drop-off. They, they can't maintain it. So we'll see what happens with Matt Murray. I mean, that's a big contract that he signed. Around 6.25, I think, AAV. So that's big money that he's getting paid. 
And he's a guy that's been in the league for a long time. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins, he, he had run his course there. They had they have Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari, who they're going to go with as their tandem this year. So they'll see if Jari can actually play as a starter this year, and that's an unknown. But Pittsburgh is the type of team that they feel year in and year out that Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang can make so much of an impact on their team that they can make it to the playoffs year in and year out and compete for a Stanley Cup. That's why Jim Rutherford and his predecessors in that position as GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins have felt that they can move draft picks and prospects out to mortgage the future and acquire talent that exists in the NHL now in order to compete for a playoff spot. I mean, you saw it the first one with Jerome Aginla. You've seen it in the past with, you know, they had Marion Hosa for a while. And they've had other players that are have been big names in the NHL, guys that can make an impact on that team where they've traded for them. But now this year, they are making a bit of a gamble with Tristan Jari. I mean, he had good numbers throughout the year, don't get me wrong. But he's a guy that's not as proven in the playoffs, and they didn't make it past the first round this year. So it, it's a gamble from the Pittsburgh Penguins. But they've made a few additions, so we'll see where that goes. But back to the Ottawa Senators, I think that, you know, the Canadian division is such a unknown. These are teams that are all in different stages of development. No one really knows where the Winnipeg Jets or the Calgary Flames will finish. The Winnipeg Jets have a lot of problems. I mean, there's questions surrounding that team. Their defense has basically been dismantled over the past two years. They've signed Dylan DeMello to a contract that's bigger than a lot of people thought he would get. But they figured that he was the only guy that they could really get to fill and play those big minutes for them. They've got Josh Morrissey, who's a fine defenseman. Um, on another team, would I peg him as a top two guy? No, I don't think so. But Josh Morrissey is a good defenseman. He, he's the top guy on that team. He can play big minutes. And, and I think it's the same token about the Canucks. Is on another team, and talking before Quinn Hughes showed up this year, would I have put Alex Edler as a top defenseman on, say, the Washington Capitals? or on the LA Kings. No. No, Alex Edler is a second-pairing defenseman on another team with better defenders above him. And Alex Edler, he is the top-scoring defenseman in all time for the Vancouver Canucks. And that goes without saying. Quinn Hughes, I think, has a good chance of outshining that. And blowing those point totals that Alex Edler had out of out of the ballpark, basically. Now, this is a guy in Quinn Hughes that you have a player that is capable of scoring 65, 75, even maybe 80 points a season at his in his prime, which isn't yet. And we'll see what's, what the next step he's going to take this year. <laughs> And I've talked about this with my friends, and I've talked about this with my family, that usually when I think about point totals, I factor in the fact that it's an 82-game season. So 
when I'm thinking, okay, Pedersen could take the next step and become an 80 or 90 point player, that's not necessarily the case for this next season. So I have to think of that in terms of a 56, 52 game season, depending on what it ends up being. So does that mean Pedersen can be a 75 point player in a 56 game season? And then that would be, I think that's about equal to what a 90 point season in a regular year would be. So the Canadian division, it's really something that a lot of people are talking about and are getting excited about because, you know, never have we had a situation where Saturday night hockey night in Canada is going to be hockey night in Canada every single week in it and out. It's, you're going to get matchups between two Canadian teams in every single game on that night. You're going to get Toronto-Montreal or Vancouver-Montreal, Vancouver-Calgary, Edmonton-Calgary. You're going to get to see those teams play on the big national stage every week. And that's exciting. This is good for Canadian hockey. And even if it's just for one year, I hope it's just for one year because too much of a good thing is 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 isn't good too much of one thing that you think is super great it it's just basically spoon feeding the fans it's giving them exactly the the fan service they want it's like if the new star trek series that are out right now basically took all their information and all the references from the old series from the 60s and the 80s and 90s and put them on display in the new ones that they're creating today. It's fan service. It's things the fans want to see. It's exciting for them to see. It's like, oh, that's a reference from that show I watched when I was super young back in the 80s. And it's the same thing with the Canadian division. Canadian hockey fans like to see the battles that exist and the rivalries that exist in our country. It's natural. It's our game. It's our national sport, and we're proud of it. We enjoy watching the best in our country go at it with each other. So I think uh, from that aspect, it's a good thing to have it for one year. Give it a little bit of a sample size. It's a taste of what fans want. And I think in the process of doing it for one season, for 56 games, it will help grow the game in Canada. It will help promote it. It will maybe show the NHL that what we have going up here is a good thing, which is something I think Gary Bettman has at oftentimes not acknowledged. You see his willingness to expand to areas in the U.S. that aren't necessarily markets that are high on hockey, like a Quebec City or a Hamilton, Ontario, or Winnipeg in, before 2011, or even Halifax you can think of. These are markets that are that crave hockey. They love it. And I think the Canadian division will do a lot of good for the game in Canada, for the league. It will show the league that, whether it be in 
the viewership in TV, whether it be in the uh, the advertising, the money that they get from that, it'll show the league that, hey, we have a pretty good thing going up here. This is our game. We're proud of it. And seeing it on display each and every night is something to get excited about, something that fans want and want to see on a night-to-night basis. I think there's so much uncertainty right now surrounding the NHL, surrounding every sports league. They're trying to figure out how to best go about starting their leagues up again, play games safely. They're dealing with protocols in different areas. I mean, you saw down in the States, in California, the San Francisco 49ers having to play their home games out of Arizona because of COVID protocols and having to deal with that situation. So if the the league starts soon, the San Jose Sharks will probably have to deal with that same situation in that county, having to play out of Vegas or L.A. or another city in the NHL. So I think in the final few minutes here, I want to discuss what my purpose here is, what what I want to talk about in this podcast. So... uh, I, th- I think from the start of COVID, I've been hemming and hawing as to whether I should start a podcast or not, whether it's something that I want to do. And I think today I kind of said, you know what, today enough's enough. Today is the day I'm going to start it. I'm going to set up my microphone in my office down here in my basement, and I'm going to talk some hockey just for a short period of time, half an hour, see how it goes. And, you know, I, I'm happy that I, I did it. And it's something I'm passionate about. And I, I'm going to school right now in communications to get a degree in that. And I want to eventually go into sports casting professionally. So I think for me, it's something that it's good to start this in order to expose myself to the universe of hockey and the universe of sports especially in the in this city and to talk about the teams and the market that I love I've been joking with my friends and my family for a long time and they're all saying are you are you ever going to use that podcasting mic that you have down in your basement are you ever going to put that to use are you going to set it up and start something and I'm proud of myself that I can now say that I did and I'm excited to engage with the fans and the community here in Vancouver which it's a passionate sports market and I'm a part of it and I'm passionate about this team I'm passionate about the Canucks and I'm passionate about the sports that exist here in this city and it's something that's important to keep those discourses and those conversations alive about it this is a passionate market this is a fan base that always has an opinion on something you know, you see that on Canucks Twitter, you see that on the comments from any posts by the team, whether it be a divisive situation with where Jim Benning signed a player to a controversial contract or made a trade that had elements to it that were controversial. This fan base cares. And I care. So I think it's it's a good thing to engage with the community and engage with each other about 
the issues surrounding sport and the teams and have a dialogue about it. And I'm really looking forward to getting this going past the first episode here, getting some of my friends and talking maybe with some people that are passionate about sports in this city. And it's something that is, is it's, it's important. It's important to keep that conversation alive. And I'm excited to do this with you and the rest of the community. And if you're listening to this right now, shout outs to you, the listeners, the people that tuned in to hear me rant about the Canucks and talk about what this upcoming season is going to look like. And this is episode one, hopefully of many. And I'm going to create some social media surrounding this. And I want to hear from people. I want to hear what you have to say about the Canucks. And, you know, we'll eventually, you know, if this kicks off, if this starts and becomes something that's more than just a few episodes, then we'll do mailbag segments. We'll we'll talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the community. I want to hear what people have to say. And engage in that conversation about this team and the greater world surrounding the NHL. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Flying Skate podcast broadcasting here from Vancouver. I'm your host, Ben Bugera. Thanks a lot and have a great rest of your day.